Welcome to the Nerd Alternative Podcast, a sweet mountain part of all things nerdy. I am a host. My name is Levi. We have two more hosts. We have a host next to me who's making various hand gestures. It's not hand gestures, gestures it's things. dancing. <laughs> I mean, I saw gang signs. <laughs> it was dancing. Uh, uh, it was it's Ram with the dance moves, gangish. <laughs> <laughs> not when you do it <laughs> yeah it just looks like I'm hugging myself but yeah also it. Hassan is another host <laughs> I'm Ron DMC Hassan today that's that's, oh, that's my era <laughs> um and I guess we're gonna have a chilled episode today we're gonna talk a bit about games stories in games and why I guess the industry hates single player games the industry sucks if but that's what they think there's other things um there at the moment there is a lot of stuff being dropped is it is it san diego comic-con i want to mm-hmm. say it's that one mm-hmm. the one mm-hmm. where all the important things happen Surprising. one day we'll make it there. that's telling my you. dream i'm telling you we're gonna do it yeah it's and, and brazil as well they do a lot of like big, big yeah. reviews in brazil brazil is huge because it covers the latin american market and that's mm-hmm. a lot of people and a lot of gamers um there was like some super interesting stories out of the the conference in brazil this year because like the, they partnered up with like a lot of like crypto bros and NFT people, um, and one of the one of the guys who was like hosting a a talk um, had what was everything wrong with the the games industry uh, sort of panel. When it got to his showing, he turned around. And he was like, "Why NFTs are wrong, and why they're ruining gaming?" Yay! Yay. Unsung Chef hero. Kids. What's his that. name? I stand. Yeah, absolute hero. And the best part was he did this event and got paid by the same yeah. MNT and crypto bros. <laughs> was, was it is it Minecraft that banned NFTs in the game? What was it another game? Mm, it's Minecraft, and we'll we'll get into that in a bit. Yeah, shout out Minecraft. Um, should we talk about it now or sure? sure. I mean, I, that literally just surfaced. <laughs> Recesses of my mind. Segway king. Um, Hassan, I don't know if you want to elaborate more on that. I guess it's just good consumer practices, isn't it? There's a lot of kids on. There's a lot of kids playing Minecraft, to be honest. Mm. And we know where there's kids, there's money to be made off the kids, unfortunately. So you know, um, it's it's almost like a one eighty on the the way that the games industry usually handles monetization towards children. Um, Mojang in a uh, blog post, because um, these guys were making like a blockchain game and they wanted to integrate that into Minecraft. And Mojang said, they said they're not going to support or allow it, like hands down, bluntly, absolutely not. Um, The the quote is, to ensure Minecraft players have a safe and inclusive experience, blockchain technologies are not permitted to be integrated inside our client and server applications, nor may any Minecraft in-game content such as world skins, person, uh, persona items, or other mods be made, uh, uh, be utilized by blockchain technology to create a scarce digital asset <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah no shout out to mojang man uh, it's it's in a time when blizzard be trying like trying to show that like making well that they'll make you believe that devs can do what they want and that you know the casual consumer as i'll call them will just turn a blind eye it's nice to see that some um companies still will put the consumer at the forefront especially kids man protect the children but um let's take a little break from games and stuff um, there's been a lot of trailers um, due to Comic-Con. And I feel like also some sometimes, you know, other places just take advantage of the hype. Mm. But one of 
Rams favourites and I would love to say my favourite if I understood half of what I was reading at the time. Yeah, also, you need to read more of his stuff in general. Uh, Sandman got like a full length trailer mm-hmm. and it looks really good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm ready to expand my comprehension. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I feel like because it's going to be a TV show now and there's going to be like it's a wider audience than the graphic novels, the story's probably going to be a bit more cohesive yeah. than the actual graphic novel. So it probably will. I don't know. Like, I've seen bits of like, like um, what was her name again? The girl that ends up in the like serial killer convention, convention Rose? Rose, yes, yeah, yes, like, yes. Rose is in it and stuff. So I feel like they're just going to tie everything together so it's a bit less... Anthology, anthology-esque and more storyline but I'm excited um I'm curious to see what they do though because I feel like the only other Neil Gaiman thing that I actually know there's Stardust which was okay um and then I guess American Gods which I think was actually pretty good but I just kind of fell off it um, and I think American Gods, like I feel, oh wait, and Good Omens. What am I talking about? There's loads good of Omens good really good. Yeah, Good Omens um, is really good. And I feel like because he's always kind of like overseeing, but he's not, he's not so, um, he's not like a dictator when it comes to. I think because like the, just the nature of like the work that he's written is often so out there <laughs> um, mm. that like he's very like all his collaborations and his shows and stuff. You can tell that, that they've kind of like made it simpler or like a bit more linear without losing the, the intrigue. Um, so I'm, yeah, I feel like it's going to be a good show. I don't really see why it wouldn't. The cast looks cool too. Very um, good. Is Stephen Fry going to be in every Neil Gaiman thing? Yes. <laughs> I think they're just friends <laughs> maybe. <laughs> just have a good voice. So. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm excited. Hassan, I'm assuming you're feeling the trailer from your... From your leaps of joy, <laughs> I am I am super hyped because like I I love the the comics um and I I think the comics are like purposefully a little bit obtuse in the way they tell the story because it's like meant to be dreamlike yeah. um and seeing how they can kind of condense that into like twenty minutes or forty minutes depending on how long the episodes are to kind of tell cohesive stories can be super super cool I I I just want it in front of me <laughs> like uh, at this point. Is 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 where I'm saying because uh, as cool as a trailer can be, I've been burnt several times by shows with yeah. amazing trailers. Oh. So I'm like, please just yeah. To be honest, I don't trust trailers anymore. I just like I'm like this is cool, but it has no like I'm not like yeah. There's I don't, no substance like, to it. it. The only thing that's making me be like this is gonna be good is because I'm like Neil Gaiman. So obviously mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's gonna be good. That's literally the only I trust in him. And he's gonna let me down. Yeah. I mean, like you said, the cast is good though. The cast mm-hmm. is good. And I like that it's a mix of like like kind of unknown people, but then also some people that I've seen and stuff that are like really good. Um, obviously it's like a diverse cast as well. And I feel like he's very good at um first of all, he doesn't care about racists. <laughs> um, so he doesn't care if mm. the character was that and it's his own work. And I think usually you don't get like I feel like his stance is always so strong on that and like other writers will kind of be like guys let's not be racist but they'll never actually say anything that's like super like fuck you you don't watch the mm-hmm, show then mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. and I think that's cool but also um I feel like everything that he I mean his books tend to be like one of the reasons that he's my favorite writers is just like the diversity in his writing tends to be feel very natural um and even in like casting when there are character changes it just feels very 
natural as well or it just feels eh, it's just whatever um but yeah anyway as you can see i just love him and the man could do no wrong so yet i i want to see uh the ocean at the end of the lane like yeah made into something because it's it's a short it's a short book but it's yeah. a beautiful book like if you haven't read it I highly recommend it I, I think i read it in like a day like it's it's so good yeah, I'm gonna read that. That sounds. Um, it's actually a play, but I've not watched the play. So. I'm, not, I'm not either. If, yeah. If they, I don't know. Uh... I don't know how good the play is or bad, but I think he was also <laughs> quite involved. Like, I don't think it would be a bad play. It is. It would be. It makes sense as a play actually, because I guess like children and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm telling yeah. you, Ghibli movie. It, that that would fit yeah, the vibe so well. Would, yeah. As long as they don't make it like Howl's Moving Castle, because then <laughs> I just get confused. <laughs> You told me on this book to be fair. Yeah, no, it's a good book. Um, it reminds me of Stardust as well, in the fact that it's just like such a tiny book, but there's just so much in it, and I don't understand. Like, I think Stardust still blows my mind because I'm like, I don't understand how you pack that much story, and it's like it's definitely less than 200 pages. Mm. Um, and there's just like so much that happens, and so like the world feels so big, and I'm like, but 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 it's so small, (laughs) like what. I haven't even seen the film. I feel so bad. I you don't need read, to. The film is fun. The, book, the film's fun. Seen. The film's actually no, the film super is, fun. It's actually really fun, but it's not. It's not. Um, it doesn't even like come close to the the book. But what? not in a like a bad adaptation way. It's just like they probably couldn't fit that much story into one film. So, mm-hmm. so like the not even did it not even capture the vibe. Uh, no, it, it, it did. Vibe, yeah, it, sure. yeah, it captured the vibe, but it was like there's so much more that happens in the like. It's like they covered like this much of the book, and there's like this much, but they kind of got the whole general like main the, story. I guess the cast as well is fantastic. Yeah. Except Ricky Gervais, everyone else is fantastic. Oh my yeah. god, I forgot. Ricky, I forgot, I forgot he was in the movie. Yeah, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> I need to get you on a new game. But my favorite is Neverwhere. Neverwhere is so good. That's my favorite. I read so some good. of, um, I want to say Discworld or something like that. Oh, dude, Terry Pratchett. It, Terry we Pratchett, need to do an episode yeah. in Terry Pratchett. Terry they, Pratchett they are is... quite some, I mean, they had good omens I, together. I, did, mm. did, did he not read? I feel like it was Terry Pratchett and someone else. Maybe it wasn't Neil Gaiman. They did have a collaboration, but it mm. wasn't on Discworld. Oh. Yeah, it, was, uh, it was good omens that they yeah. did together. Which is like, so, yeah. I love that. They are very similar, though. So I feel like when mm. you read one person's work, it's kind of right. Yeah. You do another person's work. But yeah, Sandman, it is coming out August the 5th, literally in a couple of weeks. It's that close. Um, I feel like I should have saved Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> so Marvel has their panel and um, they showed us a load of trailers and also a load of, um, they're, they're basically their next, um, their roadmap for phase five and six. Um, but before, without talking about trailers, Hassan, how do you feel looking at like all the releases and things? Did it kind of reignite your excitement or was you just kind of like, oh, that's a lot? It's it's a lot. I need to actually pull it up because like I've forgotten half of the things on there. Uh, like, can I, can I announce them? Yeah, yeah, please. <clears throat> Ant Man, Quantum Mania, Secret Invasion. Guardians 3, which comes out on May the 6th, 2023. That's my birthday, everybody. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Echo, also coming out in summer 2023. Loki season 3, summer 2023. Marvels, July 28th, 2023. Blade, November the 3rd, 2023. 
Ironheart in fall or autumn, as we call it in 2023. Uh, Agatha, Coven of Chaos in winter 2023 slash 24. Daredevil, spring 24. And Captain America for May 3rd, 2024. And then last of all, Thunderbolts, July 26, 2024. That is a lot. <laughs> got two, I could barely think about like a week ahead, let alone two years from now what I'm going to be doing. But the the thing that stands out uh, the most, I'm most excited about, mm. it's probably it's. I don't know if you, if this is what you're going to think of, but uh, it's Blade. Like I'm hyped for Blade. Like they they cast Mahershala Ali as Blade like a while back, and he's a fantastic actor. He's fantastic, so, but actually, carry. There's no but. no 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 no. There, there yeah, is no you have a but. <laughs> I just said like I just no, it's fine. I don't want to be aged. <laughs> I just like Age, I want yes. Oh and, wow! I just feel like he's kind of old. Like he fits the role really well. But I'm just like in terms of like how I think we're getting to a point where we're cycling through characters so quickly that I kind of want people that we're gonna have for a while mm. um and i'm not saying that anything's gonna like happen to him or anything like that but it's just like how like that's quite a the role that it is i just wonder how are they gonna bang out those movies like how involved is he gonna be in the universe given um i mean yeah i guess hollywood people age differently too so maybe are not- you saying that <laughs> that he, he is old. are you saying that he should be in an old age home <laughs> no, no, but he's like I'm talking about like I guess I, I he, he doesn't right. have to do stunts or anything like mm. that, but it's like he is kind of the same age as like let me confirm this actually first. But yeah, if we say this guy is like an old man, <laughs> he's not old. <laughs> he's, like, he's, like he's older than you think he is. <laughs> he's forty eight. He's, he's older than you think he is. <laughs> yes, because he looks really young. Yeah, yeah like he does not. He does not look creeping on 50 like he yeah. doesn't exactly so i'm just like and it's like the fact that like robert downey jr and stuff have like kind of retired away from mm-hmm. and, but and you know each person is different i just like i feel like the people that you're ready for the young generation not even the young generation mm-hmm. i just want people that we're gonna have for a long time so that we can kind of build up that relationship because right now it just feels like i'm overwhelmed there's too many people i don't know who i'm supposed to like care about that much outside of my own personal preference it's just like um, comic books. yeah <laughs> but yep. in comic books i feel like i can pick and choose and kind of like sometimes get actually no never mind do you feel but like this is why the, i don't read marvel comics anymore do you feel like this is the state that this is the stage that mcu is at now though you just kind of you watch that you might not watch that yeah and I then when they like cross over then you might go back, back and, and watch that like yeah. how many people might watch uh the marvels and then be like, oh, there's Miss Marvel, and then go back and watch. Um, I don't want to watch the Marvel. Or, or be like, oh, Spectrum. How does she like the powers and watch um Wonder Vision? Yeah, mm. I'm not saying it's a good model. <laughs> it, it's a model. Um, yeah, it's a model, and it exists. <laughs> I, I I think like there's just there's so much content that it's hard to keep everyone's attention and mm. to cater to everyone. Mm. Um, and I I honestly don't think they should try and cater to everyone because that kind of dilutes any depth of story um having like something be a bit more horror and gritty is fine like having something that's like a noir thing kind of in the middle all of those things like brings flavor to the whole and and i want disney to to push out the boat and just give us some some curveballs and some interesting spices in Mm. this like big old like like 
stew that they're creating you know and mm-hmm. um, I guess for me though it's just been that this phase has been so disappointing mm. <laughs> that I a part of me also doesn't really want to get my hopes up that much because like I'll just take things as they come and if I'm like I haven't even seen Thor yet and usually it's like you know we all rush to the cinema to be like oh the next thing is out and I just have like Mm-hmm. like it hasn't even really I didn't remember when it came out until I saw pictures on social media and then I've probably thought about it once since then when having a conversation with someone else I mean like oh wait I haven't watched Thor yet and I still I don't know when I'm gonna go watch it I might end up watching it on my tv so I think it's just like the general excitement is kind of waning but I think it's not just from fatigue I think it's also from just like if if we were getting like bangers this like in phase four then I probably would still be very like ah like I'm excited for this and like obviously there are some things that are intriguing me like Daredevil obviously coming back um or probably being integrated into the universe and also like Secret Wars and what is the next Avengers lineup even gonna be so uh, like those things are intriguing but I don't know if it's like intriguing enough to like I feel like I used to think about the MCU a lot now Mm. I don't (laughs) (laughs) Uh, maybe when Kang kind of surfaces, mm. we'll we'll get that feeling back. Yeah, that's my hope at least. For like Jonathan Majors rocks, so like hopefully he he smashes it in this. Yeah, I was um I was going to say I feel like the build. I guess with with the amount of like like pieces that um Feige's playing with now, I guess the build up takes a lot longer. Mm. Um, I was gonna ask like, do you think do you, do you think the when the MCU first started up that it was that great, mm-hmm. like? Like, no, but it was new. Yeah. It was new. So it was like yeah. there was a the novelty of like, oh, like this character is tying into this character, like in a comic book. What? And like there was just a lot more, like, I think people were a bit more um, like kind of like, oh, I wonder where this is going. Whereas now that we've kind of seen what the general formula is, obviously it's not, it might not be the same for the next season, but like I think we could forgive her the fact that. I mean, Iron Man was a great movie, but I think that, like, the fact that Captain America and Thor 1 were, like, okay, it didn't really matter. And also, we got to the Avengers a lot quicker. So it mm. was like, ah, this is what this thing is. So, so yeah, we had two, yeah, two Avengers films in the same year, apparently, we're going to say, because nowadays, you know. Um, but we have the Kang Dynasty, Dynasty and Avengers Secret Wars. I really love the Secret Wars storyline. Um, Me too. <clears throat> so I mean it's interesting that they're in the same year because I'm pretty sure Secret Wars was Doctor Doom like that made the battle world wasn't it mm. but maybe they're but gonna make it count. there is a spoiler for the Black Panther movie that makes that makes sense okay let's move that's on to that no, 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 it's, I'm like that's a good segue mm. so yeah let's move on to some of the trailers that were announced, and I guess we'll start with Wakanda Forever. When is that coming out? Because I didn't see that. Um, I feel like it's coming out soon. Yeah, I feel like it's possibly at that this year. End of yeah, this, this year. year. I want to say November. <laughs> November. Yeah. So yeah, that's coming out 11th of November of this year. That's very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you enjoyed the trailer, man. Mostly because they played with my emotions. They did. And you, first of all, because first of all, I saw it that um, the first time that I saw someone like post it, it was like from Chadwick Boseman's page. So I was all like, huh? And also I wasn't expecting it. Mm. So like, I, I feel like I'm not really that fussed about trailers anymore. Um, Like I don't go out of my way to watch them, but I don't go out of my way to necessarily avoid them. But um, so 
but when I saw this, I just like couldn't stop watching because I was like, Ugh. and then obviously you're gonna, you're gonna put Chadwick Boseman's face in it. Of course I'm gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> of course I'm gonna like I don't know feel attached to it. And obviously there's a lot of great great talent in it, and everyone knows that I love Ryan Coogler um, so much. So like, and he he hasn't done anything for a while actually. So I guess yeah. Um, it was a good trailer in terms of emotion. It was heavy compared to like other stuff where you just see things happening and you're like, oh, action this, action that. Yeah. Like this felt like it did feel very like even just like the like they had Thames singing um like a cover of No Woman No Cry and that, po- that pulled me out. Yeah, like that, it that was pulled like, me right out. Yeah, <laughs> but like she's got a very soulful voice. Not that it's just about her voice, but that really set the tone for the trailer. And there was like so much like. Yeah, I guess also the just the subtext of knowing that like Chadwick is no longer around, but then feeling his loss in the movie, but then yeah. knowing how deeply <laughs> his loss has impacted his castmates. So it was just, it was, it was like I'm not gonna say it was emotional manipulation because obviously, like, but Isn't it kind of all medium. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of was like that. There's no way that you could watch that trailer and not feel moved or not feel like intrigued by like I don't even I think at this point I don't even really care about the story that much um I do care about the story but it's like obviously we know that they already started filming and then he died and then like the story's probably gone through like there's just been we don't know what this film is gonna be but I think because of the context of like the circumstances um going into it and feeling like it's just like a a um like legacy to him or like a love letter to like what he did in the first movie I think (laughs) that will even be enough um because I was kind of like I don't know what this movie is going to be like but actually now that I've thought about it I'm like no I don't actually care that much I would just like it to to yeah everything that it did in the trailer if it does that in the movie then that's fine with me I don't care about its place in the MCU or anything I just want to be like (laughs) yeah I mean they could do that badly they could mm-hmm. I, I doubt mm-hmm. they will ryan is very like you know i have faith in him he's a very sensitive man i like the way that he writes like i i feel like he's a type of um director and like writer that puts everything that he like his morals into the work that he he does and like everything that i've ever watched him do has been like you could like, I think that's why he's my favorite director i've never i don't think i've watched that many films where i can feel the director's like actual presence in the film or like his care Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. usually you watch a movie and you could be like oh this is a good story but you don't feel like there's a certain emotional like um wait yeah it almost feels like he's putting his soul into stuff sometimes like um even like creed is an action thing but you just there was something in there that was like this is this is a right group so i feel like i i trust that it will have that hey uh ryan kugler do you do you want to come on an episode come talk to us That'd I will cool. be able to talk. <laughs> that would be cool. You'll be, you be a mess. <laughs> I'll be a mess. You'd be a hot mess. Yeah. But, um, I also think it was really cool just some of the stuff around it, like the actor who's playing Namor, um, talking about like representation um from his side of like um being a, a Latin American person who also grew up in the hood and having that kind of like two parts of your identity, I suppose, and like getting to be part of like. Black Panther and a community that kind of is part of his community as well. I think that's like a really nice, especially since we don't get to see many movies where two types of like POC are 
together and there's not that many white people like it usually has to be like white and black or latino and black not latino and black latino and white like there always has to be a white person mm-hmm, in it. so mm-hmm, i think mm-hmm. it's quite cool to have the like intersection of actually like in why well, i've never been to the hood in america but like you know in certain like in specific areas that is that massive spanish and also like black community so i think that's that's also cool sorry i just talked a lot about it no I, no, no you, you, off, t- you talk I more you, you talk I, more <laughs> i just yeah i don't want him to fight for too long though yeah i, I feel like wakanda and um atlantis be fine for a long time yeah in you guys comments. should be friends Mm-hmm. Take down the European country. <laughs> I was like, is Andy Serkis? No, he died. Like, he yeah. died in the, in the last one. Oh, and we did get a glimpse of um we got a glimpse of the suit at the end of the trailer. Mm. Was mm. it was it Shuri in the We sh- don't know who it know. was, but it probably it could have been. <clears throat> I think that will also be interesting of like who takes the mantle kind of forward. Um well. uh, I wanna I wanna make an announcement. It's uh, it's me. It's the way, like, you know, I just do my hair like down. Like, yeah, <laughs> it did, that makes so much sense. Wow. Well, why didn't you tell us? I was uh, always oh, so hard, so hard keeping the secret. Like, <laughs> hats out the bag now. Um, I yeah, see that pun, up. Levi. I'm very proud. So let's move on and talk about games. Let's talk about how the industry hate games and they just want us, they just want to open our wallets and siphon our money continuously for years and years and years. I wouldn't actually start though. Am I being a bit too, like, old, being a bit more old manish and like, yeah, hey, to bring back single player games? Like, do I need to I just get with the times? And do... okay, <laughs> like, right. I don't know, like, I don't know about these. As I said the other day, I'm going to bring this up before you bring this up. Oh. <laughs> I said double player games again, again, <laughs> whatever. Multiplayer is the right word, but I don't. I don't like those games so I only play single player games because I well I don't only play single player games but I feel like I want to play a game by myself and mm-hmm. I don't need to rely on strangers on the internet and also as a woman I'm a black person mm, playing with like people maybe not like if me and you were playing or me and my friends but like I've been very put off playing certain games because i'm like i'm scared <laughs> that mm. people are going to be mean not even mean worse than mean mm-hmm. so no thanks also i just don't find them that interesting personally but also i have not played i've not branched out that much i just say that i would try and play like one of those like fallout guys or something Ooh, fall, fallout guys i sound like a mother fallout guys was platoon Type thing. Double player games. Yeah, yeah double she player games. She wants to play more double player games. <laughs> yeah. Fram, um, when did you become 80 years old? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe um, since I work with kids now, so suddenly I'm just like <laughs> aged up. Uh, I'm in uncharacteristic fashion. I'm going to be the voice of like moderation here, I guess, in this episode. <laughs> um, there's this a yes and a, there's a no to who does the games industry hate single player um and unfortunately the louder and the kind of the more monetized side is what's pushing the games industry and that is unfortunately multiplayer and live services so when we see like a lot of um what should traditionally be single player games 
being made multiplayer or having live service shenanigans kind of wrapped up into it it's because the way the rest of the industry is kind of being shaped and unfortunately it's been going that way for a very very long time i mean before that i just want to talk about um kind of why i mentioned this obviously we have um some beautiful tweets um from some big companies um i'm not sure if you know about uni rams like the well, from this tweet, I don't need to know about <laughs> <laughs> um, Unity is like, it's, it's like a game engine, isn't it? Essentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, the, it's not a game engine, it's the game engine. Oh, damn it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not just the, the game engine, it's the game engine that's predominantly used by the indie market, which makes this like, ugh, so, so like gross. Big companies might have their own their own engines but uni is like like that kind of easy to access easy to use and stuff but um yeah so the current e ceo oh god ceo john sorry about to butcher this richie Rick, ricatello ricatello oh oh <laughs> john ricatello um made a horrible tweet and i'm um, essentially calling um any developers that kind of don't put monetization at the front of their efforts the biggest effing idiots you can swear yeah i know right <laughs> why did you do that i think it's biggest fudging idiots <laughs> <laughs> um he did later apologize but you know they, he said they... what he meant and he mm-hmm. meant what he said that's exactly that and i feel like he he kind of just said what we feel that big companies think anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know what i mean it's kind of i, I guess between this and blizzard making so much money off of um what do you call it um microtransactions and uh, loot boxes yeah but the the, uh, the diablo immortal game sorry mm-hmm. after it being so blatantly like microtransaction heavy it does it just makes you feel like look man they, they, these guys don't care whether we like they just don't care anymore about mm. trying to hide it essentially i guess um we did have another tweet and um, which is a more interesting one because i guess you could interpret it mm, i feel so many ways about this one um basically <laughs> <laughs> because it's ea mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so this... and also this trend has been overdone i'm tired of hearing about it just shut up yeah yeah um it does seem more this one seems more like a bad publicity stunt but this came from ea's twitter account uh, which essentially essentially said they're a 10 but they only like playing single player games um so what now they have come out to apologize and i think they tried to say that it was like a sort of self-deprecating joke or something like that like yeah it's like you know because we don't make single player games guys because we suck like it's so much worse than you think uh the apology was maybe one of the worst handled apologies uh of twitter where they where they came out and they were like, Haha, it's a joke because we're EA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then and then to top it, like and then to top it after that didn't work. And people are like, no, you you said what you said. We knew what you're saying. They said because people who play single player games are in eleven. That's what it was. Oh yes. God. Shut up. Shut <laughs> up and get out. It's, it, get. It, it's like the old man was like browsing on Twitter and saw that the. the He's the a ten. She's yeah. a ten. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I got a good one. <laughs> they were giggling to each other. It was like, no, it was dumb and stupid. I think my my personal yeah with it was just because all the talks about like the Sims Five 
um game and them talking about it trying to make it multiplayer or online and i'm just like no <laughs> why would you do that like i like the balance right now that there is a very strong sims community but you don't have to play with anyone else mm. enjoy your sims game and like that is kind of the like you know you can go on the gallery and share your like buildings that you've made or your sims families that you made but there's still a sense of like ownership over the, the kind of story that you're crafting for yourself so i'm just like please don't ruin sims thank you do you, uh, do you think there's like a sort of retention issue because i mean obviously we don't have twitch we didn't have twitch you know like let's say 20 years ago so it'd be hard to kind of tell what people want to see being paid i feel like in sort of i want to say like 2000s like the late 2000s early 2010s like let's plays were very popular mm. and let's plays are definitely still popular now but i feel like they were definitely more popular then and i'm not sure if it's because maybe the quality of games is different I don't, of like you know narrative games are different but now i guess like all the popular uh streams on whether it's on youtube or twitch always tends to gravitate towards like these massive games like you know like was it magic not magic the gathering what's the card is it magic the gathering the card mm-hmm. game the card game is magic the um, gathering yeah or your, you know, your Fortnite's or your Call of Duty, all mm-hmm. of those like big, probably just probably massive streams of Diablo Immortal somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> making loads of money. Um, do you think? Do you think that like, it's, do you think the audience has been conditioned by the industry, or do you think this is like not? I don't want to say a big issue, but like more of the youth and how they are entertained and how they perceive entertainment. I know it's a bit of a big question. That is that is an enormous question. <laughs> I. I, I think like any medium um, specifically, they they get they get to a point where um, things will start. They'll be small and they'll mostly be um, tiny camps of like very independent kind of creation. You see, you'll see like very kind of niche and very interesting, very unique sort of stuff. Like back in the day with Let's Plays the the quality and the quantity of games that were being let's played were like weren't just triple a games right you you would see some weird and interesting and smaller titles and you'd see people doing it in weird and interesting ways and playing together doing their let's plays that way and having like the jokes and skits and all that kind of stuff but as things kind of get bigger um there gets a point where money becomes funneled into things and because people are chasing the money they stop chasing the individual niches that they were creating in. So everything starts to become homogenized and geared towards what makes the most money. So you start to see these big caps of what should be played if you want to be successful. Mm-hmm. What, what, yeah. what era? Oh, sorry. <clears throat> no, I was just going to agree with that. I was going to ask, do you think, what, what, what year would you say? Would you say there was a year where that, where that, balance was there before everything started to homogenize i guess when people well i don't, well, I don't I, know I, whether you, but whenever people start making money on youtube stuff mm. which i would say is like oh that's what you need to do to get the most views maybe I don't know. Mm. so we, we saw it in youtube first and then the bubble moved to twitch um and now we're starting to kind of see twitch and youtube carving up the the same pie but for different niches <laughs> Uh, that's just in the gaming sphere as well like because youtube has stuff that isn't uh, gaming related but um i i I think that um balance is is only kind of maintained as long as there has to be like an equilibrium 
the moment something else is kind of introduced into that into that situation there can't really be a balance mm-hmm. so like there was balance when it was just youtube and then twitch found its own balance in whatever twitch is itself so like i, th- I think like those things happened like at their own times <clears throat> I thought, do you know what is what actually i feel like that kind of i feel like there was a moment of that in the actual games industry itself you know mm. like even in terms of like what developers were putting out i couldn't tell you when it was maybe maybe around the late 2000s actually i feel like there was a i don't want to call it like a double a sphere but that those exact games you were talking about that were not like cream of the crop triple a but mm-hmm. weren't indie like there was a time when there was I, there was a time when indie the indie scene wasn't really it was just like i guess because there was more creative freedom the, the developers were kind of making all sorts of games i feel like when you talk about top games of like let's say this generation <clears throat> and then going backwards the further back you get the more like interested and innovative like and even when you just think about some of the old games like you're like some of the games i used to play when i was young was, was great it was loud. yeah yeah it was loud <laughs> literally so, so here's the thing with the um, gaming industry because it's been around a lot longer than YouTube and Twitch. You can see these um, these patterns forming over a, and, and kind of repeat themselves as well. Yeah. Um, so, like during the '90s to the 2000s period, there was a lot of weird in the gaming sphere that kind of died out because they got eaten up by bigger trends. So you'd have like point and clicks, you'd have like a very specific kind of niche adventure games, you'd have um, RTSs were huge back then. And then they died out in the 2000s when the big fantasy RPGs, the 3D RPGs kind of took over the scene. Um, it's a real time strategy. So, so uh, like, <laughs> sorry, I, I should have said. Um, so, so when the, the like, you know, Fallout and like, uh, uh, not Skyrim, sorry, like Morrowind and all those kind of games came, came onto the scene, they changed the paradigm in the gaming industry because that's what everyone wanted to play. Um, so for like the longest time and with Halo and those kind of games, like it moved FPSs in a certain way. Um, and then we got to the point where everything started to homogenize until the, the real big indie movement began with the XBLA. And you get games like Fez and Limbo and things that people hadn't seen but had a hunger for. And it changed what people thought games could be and could do. Um, and then we had this huge influx of like insane creativity and like completely like left field changes in how we were trying to find enjoyment and storytelling in gaming. Mm-hmm. And until that kind of started to homogenize again. Um, in like the mid to like uh, 2010s like to 2015 kind of time and now we're starting to see the same thing with live services kind of all the bloat and all the kind of the same stuff homogenizing again but thank yeah but what comes after indie (laughs) indie always comes back that's that's the beautiful thing um and and thankfully indie's still here there's like a real renaissance of like amazing indie titles coming out at the moment like i'm very 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 excited for like the next few years for indie games specifically but like the the kind of current bubble of like homogeny in like uh gaming where you get like uh, battle royale games and live services is starting to die like we, yeah. we have the the big guys but they're starting to not earn as much money and the clones are are slowly dying around them while survival games and this new kind of wave of different games are kind of picking up speed 
Yeah, I, I hear that. It does. It is. There is always kind of like cycles and things. But I guess it's just sad for me that that even bigger, you know, bigger companies don't want to take risks anymore. You know, a lot of these. <laughs> like even companies we hate like ubersoft and, and such like activision they have they have ips that they can bring out and and they just don't they just want to focus on the same old thing and i mean i guess it comes down to money at the end of the day and your resources mm. you want to put you want to get as much money for as little investment as, as possible i guess and um i guess that goes on to my next question of like monetization i think we all know the answer to that it does play a big factory anything nowadays you know literally people follow like youtube like blueprints how to get more viewers um any every time something comes out that's like popular like a game mechanic or a game genre there's a there's a million um wait like copycats after that Mm -hmm. i think i think the dangerous thing is like i guess when it's the certain practices that developers catch on to i.e. things like microtransactions and things that started in places that are like very nefarious, i.e. mobile market. Nice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> mobile market. <laughs> and like have adopted it. And, and it's that same thing of, well, you know, is, is, is it going to just get worse? Are we going to get into like a hyper-capitalistic gaming industry on the AAA platform that is where it's like there's adverts everywhere all the time sometimes i get that whole thing when you're on youtube and you're like i remember when i used to go on youtube and there was, and there was no adverts on my phone or at least there was <laughs> like one advert per video <laughs> oh yeah no my, 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 my pc is patterned <laughs> my phone is not <laughs> can you get a black on your phone sorry must ask one day one day we, we do need that um is there anything anyone wants to add on the monetization? I feel like it's pretty... Mm. I mean, I feel like Hassan always says this, so I don't know why I'm speaking, but like, no, no, just like, I, I do think that like now that there's more like rules and regulations that are kind of coming into place, hopefully it doesn't ever get to that point where it goes batshit crazy. But like at the same time, I guess like people always find creative loopholes when that kind of stuff does come into place. I, I think just... Watch what your kids are playing. <laughs> also, like we need, I, we we focus a lot on kind of kids, but we also need to say this to adults who don't know any better as well, like kind of casual players who, who do have a wallet and don't realize the game has made itself a slug to take your money, and that isn't yeah. that isn't normal or acceptable. That's that's bad. Like. <laughs> It, the best advice I can give anyone who feels like they're kind of frustrated by the by the AAA market um, and the AAA scene, kind of gearing them to to spend to enjoy is pick up some indie games. Like go back and look at like a list of classic indie games, and honestly, you will find something that will spark that piece of magic in you. Trust yeah. me. It's weird trying to like pitch people to take that step into like mm. platforms because you know you have titles like GTA um, <laughs> mm. that make way too much money. I mean, the way the amount the amount shark cards are, we spoke about them before. The amount of things are in that game, like you are you're working to. It's like you. It's like going to a job and being like, do I want to buy this in real life or do I mm-hmm. want to buy this in GTA? That's how mm-hmm. expensive mm-hmm. things are in GTA at, at this rate. And it's like it's trying to like, even when I think about my younger self, like you know, I struggle to play indie games every night. Like I remember when um, 
is it Fez? Mm-hmm. I remember when Fez first came out and I and I was sitting there playing this game and I was just like, I really love this game. Late night, the music, the colours, mm-hmm. the vibes, mm-hmm. it, was, it, was, it was everything, man. But um, a lot of the times people just want, you know, I guess it, it's kind of FOMO or just kind of sticking to what you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we do a podcast, we have views and we have a certain passion for these things that I guess what the casual consumer doesn't. And sometimes trying to pitch to someone to play a... Um, in two in 2022 like you know Send play this two yeah. this 2d top-down game instead of playing call of duty where it looks all shiny and shit mm-hmm. Sometimes a lot of people don't want to know you just recruit me i can be a fat look i have made many people listen to k-pop <laughs> that's the most left field thing that you can say to someone i'll do it i'll be the ambassador right, you need to be and hassan ambassador. with his reviews Go on Twitter and watch his review. <laughs> I mean, watch, read his reviews. Mm, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, uh, like honestly, like the, it's just it's it's mad to me because like um, I I know like I kind of seem like the the most like pessimistic person about the gaming industry because like how much I complain about all the horrible stuff going on, but like I am an optimist at heart, and like I genuinely do think um, the games industry right now is at the most robust it's ever been insofar as like independent creators and people with singular visions can make some amazing amazing things um in spite like a lot of the time in spite of how triple a works um and like talking about like you know that kind of that that reoccurring kind of cycle like the double a scene is seeming to be back again like there's a lot of like double a like games like what's that one um with the rats (laughs) yeah plague tale is a perfect double a game like it that kind of um amazing single play story that you can ingest and it's not gonna be like an 80 hour game where you need to pay for like cosmetics or anything else it's just like a very contained story that you can really enjoy and sink your teeth into <laughs> and like we're seeing more and more of those kind of things come back which is like super exciting we're also seeing like this uh resurgence of like niche game genres like like real-time strategies are back like like there's a lot of games like crusader kings and warhammer games which are like bringing life back into into that side of the industry which is amazing i'm like not usually my cup of tea but i'm really excited for people who finally have something new on the horizon that they like this speaks to me personally that's awesome i'm I'm struggling with triangle strategy i can't lie (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's why i did that in But they, no, you're right. There, there is. You're right. Actually, now I think about it, there is quite a good. But then at the same time, my thing is, it's like I would like it to be more widely accepted and more more championed because mm-hmm. you know, like I said, it's weird when you're like you look at Activision, like you you guys made like Spyro the Dragon, um, and now you just want to pump out Call of Duty. Um, I guess it's the one time where it's like I guess you know people always say, well, you know, the indie scene's there. But it's like, no, we need the money needs to go into the right places because it's, mm. it's good if we have our, you know, we, we get our little double A and our indie games. But if most of the money is getting generated there, mm. that's where most of the innovation tends to go mm-hmm. or, or the lack of innovation because people want to put, you know, all the developers that they have in their studios onto those things, which sucks. But, you know, there's a there's a funny, like weird arms race that kind of happens in gaming. Um, you see, it especially with. Um, specific innovations in gaming like um you you get games like uh the harvest moon games back in the day that like gave people the farming sim that like 
yeah like those those games kicked okay. off like a whole new world for for people and gaming and like seeing what a sim game could do and then they stagnated and then we got out of that stagnation and frustration we got stardew valley which is one of the best games for like the last decade i'd say like it's a beautiful and brilliant game and it came from a place of wanting to innovate something that had been left stagnant mm-hmm. um and the games industry is is going to copy that and we're going to definitely get more farming sims as a result we already starting to get we them, already like, have mm. yeah. i have so many saved to my wish list mm. and then i'm like i don't have time to play this but it's also like with sims because um it's been quite frustrating being a sims player recently mm. Mm. But they did just drop a really cool expansion pack and i think they are starting to like something is changing within the team but um obviously paralives is well under development and it's finally a game that kind of like has all of the things that sim players have been asking for for ages i don't know when it's going to come out but it's like you know it's got some competition mm. and is doing stuff that we just like the sims team told us we i mean i'm not them personally but they've been like yeah we can't do that in these games it's just not possible <laughs> and it's like oh but but they've done it so I love that one. <laughs> There's a big difference between can't and won't. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's actually crazy because I'm pretty sure like someone had said that they wanted to have like people being able to like grow hair or like something. And they were like, yeah, no, that's just not possible. And like in the new pack, people are growing hair. So I'm like, so you can't mm. you can do this. You just you just wait until I don't know, monetize it. Hate you. Yeah, they like, wait until you're just... desperate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah and then and then they give it to you. Um I did want to say as well um do you, like do you guys think that price points of games as well affect these things a lot of multiplayer games are free to start mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or tend to be a cheaper price because they hook you in and not the long way whereas nowadays you know you got god of war 2 is going to cost like 70 quid on, on on the ps5 um do you think a lot of people kind of look at that and be like well i get they think well you think they're getting more value for their money if they're investing in like a cheaper game that mm. they think they're going to enjoy it more because you know all their friends are playing it mm. yeah that's probably it also like i guess with like for example my brother when he had his like obviously he got a playstation but he's not going to be able to ask my mom to buy him a new game every single month or whatever and he wasn't working so i guess having those like free games that he can just play with all of his friends who also don't work um or don't have like money to just spend like that is Mm. gonna be an accessibility factor and i feel like he doesn't actually i don't well i don't know i'd have to ask him but i feel like he never really buys extra like he doesn't do microtransactions but i'd have to check on Fortnite anyway i don't know I think I know what it is, you know. I think as the casual con- as the casual consumer market grows, it feels more like there's a divide between like some like I guess back in the day when the market's small, you're just you just enjoy more, you're more open to enjoying more things, but it gets to that stage of like it's almost like coffee. Mm. Like you get people that are like connoisseurs of coffee, or you get people that just go to McCaff in the morning and get, 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 because they, they need the caffeine hit, but they don't care where they're getting it. They don't care if it's cost. And I'm not saying that in a snobbish <laughs> way, but there's just some people that I guess, you know, something's unfamiliar to them. It, it, they're not interested. And now more than ever, when it feels like, you know what, I might start, I might start gaming. When the PS5 drops, that thing was, that thing had the man running wild in the mm. UK. There was people I was seeing that 
ever touched a game in their life all posing up taking a picture yeah that was, <laughs> that was very like they got a new like they got a new rolex or yeah. something you know no no let this that took people <laughs> physical effort in real time <laughs> to get one they t- that's their child though they have to take their photo like legally <laughs> literally they, they got a sign like, birth certificate th- this is my son Seto Kaiba <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I guess the, as that audience grows it does make I'm, I can only speak for myself it makes mm-hmm. me feel more like okay I like it's, I'm, I guess I'm over here then do you know what mm-hmm. I mean like I, I love multiplayer games too I am itching to get back on Destiny I've been thinking about it Hassan I have um let's go <laughs> i feel like i'm a casual wish consumer mm. you do not you don't not consume casual games okay. <laughs> you you consume core games casually yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is the best way to play yeah, so but, so like the divide between casual and core gamers has, has always been a thing um it's just never been as pronounced as it is now yes i, that's I think exactly. that's that's yeah. what we're seeing at the moment and like for better or worse um as more people kind of become normalized to the idea of gaming and as like the as, as the gaming industry grows that divide is only gonna gonna grow um i hope that we we get to a point where um it, it's not kind of presented as the civil war thing yeah because there's a lot of marketing in gaming and i've seen like a lot of kind of coverage of casual games specifically in a way that's uh, condescending to people who play them and i don't think that's the right way to deal with it it's like if you play casual games that's okay like play play. the thing that makes you happy is fine do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. wordscape wordscape before bedtime Mm mm-hmm takes me to a good place I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> on my phone saying to around my can't get the four letter word <laughs> but it's like we we have this like tribalism thing that we like um that it makes difficult for us on either end of the camps to to cross that bridge because like there's a lot of casual gamers who are like i'm not a gamer Ugh, gamers Ugh. and it's like it's so weird to me it's like gaming in and of itself is a medium to tell a story in an interactive way and it's like what stories or what kind of interactive thing that you that you draw joy from shouldn't be something that you consider someone else lesser for not doing you know yeah. what i mean yeah that's the weird thing for me that's I, I just... my problem with casual games though i think that's why i was so <laughs> anti-multiplayer double player whatever games because people always just like make it seem like if you don't play cod or whatever then mm. you're not a real gamer and i hate Mm-mm-mm. that because i'm like but i don't play and i have no like interest in those games but like i'm glad that other people enjoy it and obviously it takes a skill set that i don't yet have but i just it's not it's not for me so don't don't invalidate me just because i like sims okay you're playing God of War. Yeah, I'm playing God of War. You're more of a gamer than anything. We're not doing this. We're not doing this game. It's like the thing with like the COD crowd and like the FPS crowd and like the multiplayer crowd, like there are some of the most skillful and insanely talented people who play those games. Like some of the some of the things you see people do in COD and like the reflexes necessary and like Mm the 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 realization of kind of how to use all of these like individual items to their best it's nuts like it's yeah. actually nuts and i'm like i'm never gonna sit here and go Ugh, you're not a gamer 
I'm like, I love the I love the competitive scene. <laughs> yeah, I love the competitive scene. East right? Yeah. I'm like, I could watch like just montages like four days, like and just be like very content with my time. But like, if you play those games and you play them to a high degree, go out of your comfort zone, play Animal Crossing, just, just do something that is completely the opposite end. Just. Uh, I was just trying. I watched the video once, and it was just talking about like different types of gamers. I'm trying to Google it, but it's not coming up with anything. But it was basically like a spectrum of like what, why certain people play certain types of games, and like it, it almost was like the kind of game, and then also like what it is that you're trying to get for from games, and it kind of creates this like chart thing, which I think was like super interesting. So like people who play multiplayer double player games and like wanting to have like competition and then wanting to have um like friendship or like companionship versus people who play like single player games who are more interested in like story or like play because they want to relax as opposed to get like hyped up but I saw um this guy did a video if I can find it I will link it but it was very interesting because I think there's also like that aspect of it um that there doesn't need to be a divide but I think it's also just like understanding that the reason that you play games for your enjoyment is going to be for a different reason than someone else plays a certain type of game for their and like what everyone is kind of getting out of it but I think at the same time it's good to like get out of your comfort zone and be like oh like I've not played that many competitive games. So I don't actually know if I'm into competitive games or not. Like, and just, yeah. They're addictive. I, mm-hmm. I don't think they will be addictive for me. I will crack. If you, uh, enjoyed, <laughs> if you enjoyed a core game loop enough, you will become addictive. You'll, you'll, you'll kid yourself into thinking you'll get as good as them. You, you gotta I remember mean, like, they're also built in specifically to get a reaction out of you. Mm. So like competitive games would never ever have the longevity if they didn't make you feel good playing them. Yes. Okay. That will segue into where I was moving next, guys. I want to hear about you know your favorite stories in games. Wow. Now I'm forgetting remembering all the stories that I. When he <laughs> asked me this earlier, I was like, but I don't. I don't know what game is my favorite. I haven't played that many games, and then now it's all coming back to me. So I thought we'd kind of share our personal stories games that we love and why, why why essentially you know single player narrative games are amazing just as amazing as multiplayer games if not better i'm trying to be you know unbiased here um <laughs> yeah ram said early she was like i haven't played any single player games <laughs> no i didn't say that i said uh, i don't i can't think of any ones that have like strong stories that i'm really super attached to and then i remembered one of them i, I randomly told yeah. you about yeah you were like what about this game and i was like oh yeah I <laughs> um i guess because i'm so like i feel like when i'm playing something i get really obsessed with the story so right now i'm playing god of war and i'm only watching god of war videos so i just forget everything else that i've ever played in my entire yeah, life yeah. so that's why i couldn't remember anything i'm not gonna say god of war because i haven't finished the game i think when you and it might celeste, be rubbish it will be celeste yeah. i don't think it will be celeste. I, you're just saying that because i'm an anxious girl i'm trying to get i'm trying girl. to get you to no no, I, no but I, the story is celeste the story is very good in celeste oh, i feel like yeah you, but i'm quite far into it do you know the saddest thing about celeste is i feel like the aim of the aim of the, that story is being lost because 
of the game, which is the point of the story. And mm-hmm, I feel like mm-hmm. it's being counteractive to you yeah. personally. It's so weird. Yeah. It's yeah. like when you're like, this is going to match up perfectly and it's yeah, literally yeah. not matching up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Ram, the point is you're supposed to struggle and overcome it. Yeah, I know. And, and, and you just like, I, I just... don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> like, watch the cutscene at the end. You see how it all is. Ram's like, I don't care. <laughs> no, like, I don't care. I was just not enjoying it enough. Like, it was mm. stressing me out that I, w- I was getting frustrated with myself. And I feel like I understand, like I do relate to the character, but that that's the point that she struggles and I struggle. So I was like, it, it felt too real. It wasn't mm, feeling okay. like, it wasn't feeling like, oh, this is, too much. yeah, mm. it wasn't feeling cathartic. It felt like, oh no, I need to work on myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's what it is. But maybe now I might be, it is on my list of games that I have to finish this year. So, you know, I might come back and be like, this is maybe i'll just start over from the beginning yeah i'll do that but story-wise um okay <clears throat> i'm gonna say i just saw what remains of edith finch and i forgot about that one i did really like the story of that but i'm still gonna say fable 2 because <laughs> i can like vividly picture it in my head the moment where we went to that evil guy who was clearly evil i don't know why we went there but his and um, I don't know why I'm saying it we as if I'm the character but and then he pushed my sister out the window and it was like that slow motion fall and it was just like oh my god like ah um no he killed my sister and then pushed me out the window mm-hmm. um, shake your dog too yeah but just that whole the whole scene um yeah and then just like so many memories from that game um I feel like I said it in the our Dreamcast episode but obviously that's a different thing but like I think it was just like the nostalgia of when I think about it now of me like playing that story with my brother and then also the fact that I'm like super into like especially at that point in my life was super into fantasy and there was like so much to explore there were like all these characters that I'd read about in like other books and stuff um and then just I don't know the the characters that you meet along the way but also I think even in Fable 2 just like the mechanics of like being able to choose whether you could be good or you could be bad, um, having all the scars show up on you based on how bad you were. And I had a lot of scars. So like coming to the end of the game and having this character who looked crazy <laughs> because this was my first time playing a game like this. So obviously it took me a while to like get the mechanics and stuff, but that was like, yeah, like I did that. I know she looks wild right now, but like, this is like the journey of the story that we went on. And I think also... Um, I've lost my phone. Oh, yeah. It also reminds me of when I got X Men. Can't remember which film it was in the original like tri- trilogy. And when you got the DVD, you got to choose if you wanted to be part of the Brotherhood or if you wanted oh, to be part of it. That must be the third one. Yeah, but like I think it was like just that kind of element of like choice and like having a story that was like already there, but you you had your own ownership over it. Um, and I think before that, I hadn't really played games that had a proper story like that or were a game that was i don't even know what you call that a game like that basically like it's, i don't it's even a western, play... it's a western yeah. rpg so yeah like yeah trace space yeah like multiple endings. exactly yeah so i that that was like my first encounter with that so i think i was just blown away by the fact that like you could have like a really strong story in in a game but like it's not just you like passively going from A to B, like you actually have some kind of ownership over it. And so it kind of felt like, you know, a journey 
between me and this game. Like I found mm. the co-author. Did, did, um, did you feel like it was your story? Yeah, but you can see that in how I talk about games. I will say like, I'm playing God of War and I'm like, yeah, my son's so cocky now. <laughs> like, I think that it's just like my, my personal, like when the story is that good, like I just get so into it that like, mm. obviously I look and sound nothing like Kratos, but in my head I am him. Boy. And my son, yeah, is a jerk right now. And so, um, yeah, I, I do feel like I... I think yeah. that's what counts, especially in those mm. games where you're the avatar, like you are literally the person. Even though it literally looks like, because this is some white girl. I mean, obviously I picked but a girl still, over right, boy, it's not but you, it's, but you, yeah, it's like, but it was like, it didn't matter. Like, that's, I just that was is the, so, um, so That's the pen. Project yeah. onto me. Yeah. Um, Hassan? Okay. Um, I, I've got, I've got a few. Um, I, I, I'm like, I kind of blanked after you said Edith Finch and now like, I can't stop thinking about that game because. Yeah, it's a really good one. It, I didn't want to yeah. give too many examples. No, no, it's it's such a great example because like it's a very unique way to tell a game, uh, like a story in games. Like I don't really think there's another game that follows genealogy like that. Mm. Um, and uh, I I love that game because like it didn't just take this um, branching narrative story; it changed the gameplay for each new character that was introduced and it made each new character and gameplay feel like they you were living their lives kind of thing it was beautiful like the juxtaposition between like your story and like these fanciful tales of people who had like already passed on was was one that kind of made it like really heartbreaking and sad Mm -hmm. and also like kind of hopeful as you would go past and kind of go we're gonna survive the finch curse you know what i mean like it it was it's so good and it is it's a short game but it's one of those games where everyone will find a story in that game that will resonate perfectly with them like that you're gonna have your favorite character that you that you saw the story of that's really gonna just like latch on to um and i really think i want to play that again Mm. Yeah, I need to get into the habit of playing games again. Mm. <clears throat> oh, I've got game. I've got a list of a few things you should you should play. Um, my my second example um, is one I played recently. Um, a little game called Citizen Sleeper. I don't think it's one that's got enough accolades. It is a it's this uh, cyberpunk dystopian kind of future world where like you're you're in, you're on this um, space station. Um, you're you wake up in the body of an android um and you kind of need to figure out where you are what's going on and find the the serum to kind of keep you alive the the story is handled phenomenally that all the characters feel unique and kind of really robust in like when you interact with him you can see the human being there Mm -hmm. and you kind of see your own humanity kind of contrasted against it's so good it's so good um it also is one of the it's a it's a purely narrative game like there's no combat there's there's no like uh shooting or fighting it's all in the decisions of your character highly highly recommend that game that sounds quite interesting to be fair we need to pay a way out mm. um but yeah, How about you, Levi? But that's a double win. I feel like, I feel like my, my, <laughs> my picks are so um, not as um, 
artisanal as you guys is. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that artisanal. I just have like, um, strong memories. I mean, so th- this is the issue, man. Like, it's it's really hard to. I-, I wouldn't say this is a top story for me, but well, it is for me, but like, it's not objective. But you just start thinking of all of these, like, cool stories you've experienced in games in the past, and it's like, damn, I. But I struggle to write rank things in general, but you know, especially with games. So I'm gonna. S- I'm gonna, yeah, I'll match two, I'll match your two picks. Um, yeah, I'm gonna pick two things. For two reasons. I'll go over oldish and newish. The reason I tend to not pick old games is because I know, you know, we get them that nostalgia. I was 10 years old and <laughs> this was amazing. Star mm. Fox Adventures. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely was. Um, yeah, so the first game I'm going to say is Final Fantasy X. Um, this was because it was the first game that I, the first JRPG that I played. Actually, um, I'm not counting like Pokemon. Um, I just remember my friend borrowed me. I think it was Kingdom Hearts first. That was like the soft touch. But I remember when I was playing Final Fantasy X, I was just the first time I was like, "Wow, I've never played a game that is like so character based and has all of these well fleshed out characters with deep backstories and." There's a whole world here. It was literally like watching a very long film or reading a book. Like I was, it was probably the first time I felt like proper immersed in a world. Um, and the way it ended, it was, for me, it was quite unconventional. I was like, oh, wow. We're... And that's a big thing for me. Like um, games that are quite unconventional in their storytelling or types of endings. I was used to bloody Legend of Zelda endings, you know what I mean? So, like, I remember the end. I nearly cried. I can't lie. I nearly cried. I don't you know. You, you've seen the end of Final Fantasy X? Uh, with, I with just remember Titus Jesus. laughing. Oh. That laugh that was like, help me, please. Um, <laughs> yeah, the ending was quite emotional for me. Maybe if I watched it again, I'd probably be like, oh, my God, what is wrong with me? But um, I just remember being like, wow, that was a very good story. One of the first games I thought about for ages after I finished it. Um, and my second pick, for similar reasons, is The Last of Us. Um, for the exact same reason. Firstly, I think The Last of Us was so amazingly polished. It was so well acted that it did literally feel like it. it I'm not. I, I don't mind walking simulators. Um, another game that's just coming to my head is uh, Soma, which the story of that game is crazy. Like it, it, as Hassan would say, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like Soma, Soma is so good. Like it's it's so good. But um, so I haven't got a problem with walking simulators, but even the the game the gameplay was so combat could have been a little bit better but like I really enjoyed playing The Last of Us and I really enjoyed like I enjoyed the cutscenes and I enjoyed the journey to get to each cutscene and I that, that was another game that I felt really immersed in and also the way it ended um was another example of like wow we're, we're at this state of in games now where it's not like you completed the game now and then like everyone holds hands and waves at you and the curtain drops um so yeah, those are two of my favorite games narratively. Two games where I was like, yeah. Man, single player games are best, man. And I like Mass Effect. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else said two. I mean, I didn't mention either of my directions. <laughs> I guess that was my second one. Ma- good. Which Mass Effect though? Two. 
Yeah, two is the better one. <laughs> <laughs> that is the I mean, it's not going to be three. <laughs> the, um, three's ending still jars me. Like that. Wait, which so ending funny. did you pick? What the purple one? <laughs> the, the, and then there's like green one. There's like destroy. I, yeah, I, I picked the good the ending. One? The the one that was like it's the good ending. Like synthesize. no, no, so, no. The um destroy the reapers. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah no, I picked synthesize. What the hell? What the hell? <laughs> no. Why am I gonna destroy the re- reapers and destroy all? Like I just saved the freaking not the Aquarians. The Geth. Yeah, so I'm not. I can't. I can't kill them off after I just stopped a, a, a how many other year conflict. So yes, we we're all gonna be androids together. Oh my god! Listen, listen. No. for um <laughs> for Tally, yes, I can. <laughs> oh my god! No. Yeah, but she but she had made her beast by then. Well, in my in my ending, she, she everything she was killed. She killed herself in my playthrough. <laughs> well, you did a bad job. <laughs> you she did a bad was, job. She, I'm pretty sure she killed herself in my playthrough. Yeah, so she was still alive. So, oh. and they made peace. Didn't really like her anyway. So, so I was like, why am I gonna? I did all of that grinding, <laughs> all of that work. All right, I'm gonna kill guys. Else. Before we go, so. one last question because we are dragging on. Um, what is your favorite? Mo- so not not the story as a whole your favorite moment i guess you could say like a a plot twist or a, 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 just a singular moment when you're playing a game or or a big reveal and you've been like like it's almost taking your breath away with i would say mm-hmm. I, I, I can start i guess yeah, yeah go for it i'm gonna say said that like i had bioshock um yes would you kindly that's, that's what I was, yes. <laughs> oh my you god kindly. it's such a good moment um, that, are you ever going to play it? No. <laughs> so I'm going to watch you play it. And I want to be surprised. You said that you you want me to watch you play a game fully through. Well, I want to watch you anyway. But like, so okay, that means I, I have to I be super immersed. Okay, I won't say story. it. So or you has, can say it and I'll just... Bioshock has a really good, really meta almost twist that like leaves you feeling personally attacked. <laughs> but at the same time, like jaw, jaw drops for, for when I first experienced it, and I was glad that I never saw any spoilers for this. I just literally was playing. I think my friend just borrowed it to me, and I was playing it. And I was like, "Yeah, that what was a, what? Oh. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. what's up." <laughs> when he says it again, I'm like, mm. yeah. yeah, That's that's it. Yeah, so good. That's YouTuber, if you care. <laughs> um, Hassan. Oh, my, my mine is um oh you can go first if you want okay um i do i'm no. giving you time okay yeah please give me time i don't know why i did that to myself i just yeah. felt like my answer was going to be underwhelming that's why but you go okay, um you. my my absolute favorite moment in gaming um like hands down i think is my favorite gaming uh gaming moment is uh uh the end of journey you played it right anyway I, I don't think I have. Have I? I don't think I have. Okay, you guys. I okay, don't, don't no 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 leave. I don't no, spoil no. this for yourself. I'm gonna I'm gonna be perfectly. No, I think you're just looking at the game to see. If yeah. No, I wouldn't spoil this. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I I, I we downloaded I've, it. I've actually played it, but I haven't completed it. Like, oh. I, please I, please please go and finish it. Like it is. In fact, stream it because I want to watch you guys play it. Okay. Santa Monica Studios. Like, Journey has um some of the the best emotional cues in a game with literally zero dialogue that i've seen like ever like they 
they tell this wonderful story through like the music and through your flowing motion and your like the way that you can kind of like sing your way through through the game it's it's fantastic like literally i still go back every few like every few months if not like every year and i'll play that game i love that game um is it, is the, it a short short and sweet yeah it's about like two and a half hours oh, like it, it's it's not a long game at all um but it's one of those ones where like uh the you get you have this horrible slog moment that explodes into this pure catharsis this pure joyous moment that like every when i remember it it puts a smile on my face it's that kind of game like it it's magic in in gaming form it's beautiful like i I can't recommend it ram (laughs) i mean that sounds so good that i want to i mean i'm in very much of a gaming mode right now so Mm. i'm like i'll play that i'll play everything Mm. but i do want to play quite hard Again, I did kind of mention that moment in Fable 2 where I got pushed out the window. That was crazy to me. <laughs> I think it was like, it was for me, like in Game of Thrones, when he pushes Bran out of the window, that's like, that's what that moment did to me. I was like, what? Um, but for another moment... Well, you haven't got there yet in God of War. Yeah. God of War, a lot of cool stuff is happening. But So Ram just goes to me, yeah, I'm where Kratos is going to get his blades. And I'm like, and she's like, yeah, I already know. And I was like, oh my God, I remember. That was another okay, moment. Okay, no, yeah, no, that was a cool moment though of him just like being on the boat. And then I'm like, my son's gone. <laughs> I mean, my son might, I mean, I know he's not going to die, but like he could die. He's very sick right now. And then also it was like when the boat was going through and the fact that the world was dark and I could see the like, whatever those ice walker people things are mm. called, just like on the like mountain top. Yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna have to fight these people. And I knew you have my kid around and I'm gonna have to fight them with my hands because the, 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 axe. Axe, the Leviathan axe doesn't work on them but then i was like oh i didn't know what the blades i mean i did because i had watched like the videos so that i could understand his journey but like but okay (laughs) i knew that i had already found them but the moment that i was like i was like oh you've got them now i'm telling you that moment yeah when he opened the door in his heart Mm -hmm. and then the music started swelling in oh i I got goosebumps yeah and then i fought them and i was like (laughs) and then i got sad because i have to upgrade them (laughs) I'm surprised you didn't pick um, Spiritfarer like the first time you go to the spirit door. Actually, yes. What the hell? I recorded all of those moments every single time. The only person that I didn't care about sending through that hole was that stupid dog woman called Eleanor, whatever her name is. Yeah. Because she was just a brat the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> like, she was. Yeah, I remember okay. you yeah do you remember? I, I was know. like, she can leave, man. But everyone else, <laughs> like, the moment that they get go up in the stars and stuff is like, I, and it also like because it's on my switch and I like playing on my switch when I'm playing something that feels really close and personal like mm. just but it looks so good even mm. though the switch doesn't have like it's not like a fake wow it's not like it's a 4k tv or anything but it was just like and then the music yeah I, I was gonna mention Spirit Fair actually but I couldn't think of exactly what it was that I like there's so many moments in that oh mm. I'm gonna give an honorable shout out actually to Sifu because that is a new game this year, last year, but it's 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 a, it's a new game this year, this year. Um, and like the opening of that game is so good, like it's 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 almost like a a very quick and very snappy tutorial. Um, 
but it, it it's done in respect, like in regards within the story almost, like there's like an opening montage. It's mm. so good. I smiled. You know, when you just smile to yourself and you're like, this is it, Ramnos. I was like, I like this game. <laughs> um, but yeah, mind of a shout out. Um, should we wrap this up, guys? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's that time. Play single bear game. Play seafood. <laughs> Play God of War. I'm sure you play Elden play Ring, Asan. <laughs> 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 you want to play Game of the Year? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> um, before we go, guys, what are you up to? I'm playing God of War. Yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing God of War, and I feel like that's what I'm doing, really, actually. I do need to catch up on all my manga, but my Shonen Jump app reset because I got a new phone. So now I don't know what chapter I'm on. So now I feel overwhelmed. So now I don't want to read You've got to do the legwork. Trust me. <laughs> Just tap random chapters and, you know. Uh, Hassan. I, I, I did a bad thing. Uh, I reset my island on Animal Crossing. Oh so um, I mean, oh, I haven't been on my island ideas. for months. So I'll take that. I am all dead. I am <laughs> so far back down the rabbit hole of Animal Crossing right now. It is... It's scarily eating up my life. Like it gets so bad that game, man. Mm. I, I I love it, man. Like I genuinely think like it's a absolute gem of a game. I think it's like one of the perf like the best it could have been, like of those kind of games. So I you know, I actually try not to think about it too much because then I find <laughs> it. It's one of those games I always you know like, mad. it's like a game you always want to play. Yeah, that's because my island was full of pigs and I hate pigs. <laughs> like, I was just, just yeah, wait for them to leave. I would, they weren't leaving. Yeah, do you remember? I yeah, I do you remember? I, I had an issue. I had an issue. I yeah, it was I actually had... pretty crazy. He had three <laughs> pigs on his island. Agnes was cute. Agnes is on my island, though. Agnes was like, Agnes. Was I was cute. getting really ugly um, pigs. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god! The last time I played Animal Crossing, I finally got what's that? Aubrey, Audrey, the wolf. Oh yeah. I finally got her on my island. That was. I, I, I love that you guys are like shopping for like nice villages where me, I'm literally no, going I'm, out my I'm way to I'm not shopping for nice ones, but I just like cool. I'm not fast. I just don't want the pigs. I'm like, I don't, okay, the okay. one thing I didn't want and they're just giving me pigs and pigs. And then, <laughs> and then it was one of the islanders I like left and I was like, that's it, I'm done. I'm done. I guess it's cool, but the rest of them, geez Louise. When I restarted, I got this character called Jitters, and like I'm never related to a character more in my life. At least he's not like one of my friends had um, Rodney, the hamster. Oof. He's Oof. so ugly and creepy. I hate <laughs> I him so much. <laughs> and she couldn't get rid of him. Oh my God. I'm actually just like, it's painful. Why? It's like, <laughs> oh, he looks so intense. I'm like, yeah. this is me playing Animal Crossing at 3 a.m. <laughs> 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 Oh good. Um. Oh, I guess before we go, I'll say, I've been trying to play Triangle Strategy and failing, so I decided to play both Stray and Fear at the same time. Lord knows why. What, what a I weird have, combo. I. Did, <laughs> it's because I've been playing God of War on the PlayStation, so I've grab. I've you know vacated to the PC, and I'm like, oh, I've got loads of games I bought for like one pound on Steam on a sale and never played. <laughs> and I'm starting with Fear. Bro. I do want to play Evil Within, though, because it's very under... Evil Within 2, it's very underrated, you know? I feel it's a very good game. It's a very good game. Bro, but how yeah, far are you in Stray? Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, the question. But I'm... I'm very near the beginning. I can't remember. I got the robot. Mm, okay. Um, 
I think that was pretty much where I was. I got a little bit past there, but not very far at all. I'm enjoying it. It's a very chill game. Really it's, 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 it's a nice vibe. Mm. We're getting a cat. So I'm going to play it. We're getting a, get cat, a cat and Randall doesn't want to play it until we get a cat. Yes, she, <laughs> okay. she's ginger. And so it'll be like, see, like I'm going to put her in front of the TV and she probably <laughs> won't stay and watch it. But in case she does, it's going to be a fun bonding experience yeah. for us. Oh, and I and I read Chainsaw Man, and it's looking good. Did you read it, Hassan? No, yet, not yet, not yet. Yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> I, I like. I, I started rereading it, so like I am catching up, and I will. I will get to season oh, two. I wanted to do that because there's so much like details I had forgotten, and it's so it is. It's murky in the first place, to be fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I went down a little rabbit hole of of demons and hybrids and all that stuff. But, yeah. So, but it's it's looking good, man. I might actually go back and read it. I might read the physical copies. Hmm? But yeah, that's me. That's us. And that's an episode. Ram, would you like to tell the lovely people where to find us? You can find us on uh, you can find us on Instagram at the Nerd Alternative. You can find us on Twitter at the Nerd Alternative without the E after the N. Yes. Um, you can find us on Reddit. Um, we also have a YouTube channel and if you're listening to this podcast, I assume you've already found us, but you can listen to us on Spotify, on Anchor, on Apple Podcasts um, and Podchaser. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, leave us a like and a review if you like what you're hearing um, and yeah. All right, thank uh, you guys. Bye. 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 Bye.